Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer. Triple M's Real Football Show. Where Chris Dickmar, Albie Kidd, Marcos Flores and Val Migliaccio discuss the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. Hello and welcome to the Triple M Real Football Show, edition number nine. And uh, joining me is Marcos Flores. We've had two men sent off, Marcos. <laughs> Chris Tipmar's on a long holiday, well-deserved break, and Albie Kidd, he's had to uh, obviously withdraw at the last minute because he's got a big business meeting. But there's so much to talk about this week and a little bit controversial as well. How are you, Marcos? Good, man. Good. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, and yeah, I'm really, really excited for today. Um, obviously, we're going to miss our two mates, the playmaker and the number nine. <laughs> so now we're going to have to do here in the back four. <laughs> so anyway, but um, show must go on. Yeah, absolutely. So who's the playmaker? Who's number nine? Abby is the playmaker and number nine who finish it off is... Chris Tipmer. That's okay. it. Okay. All right. Joining us on the show uh, is Carl Viet, the coach of Adelaide United in the lead up to the new season. Kickoff is not too far away. And they, uh, they had a few games against A-League opposition last week. And obviously they're training. They're not getting maybe the games they deserve in the lead up to the new season proper, which kicks off on December 27, which is a strange date to kick it off. So uh, we'll hear what Carl has to say. Now, the big story of this week has been James Troisi, and obviously um, we pointed to it maybe last week mm-hmm. where we said Western Sydney was going to be his destination club after Adelaide United had allowed him a leave pass. So they put in writing on September the 24th, he was able to see clubs. Adelaide United issues a, issues a statement on uh, Monday night or Tuesday night, Monday night, about James leaving. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a real nice statement. It was harsh. Mm-hmm. And I'm on social media and unfortunately James Troisi was absolutely pummeled by the Reds fans. So we'll be talking to his dad, Albie Troisi, and hopefully we can get James on later on uh, throughout the Real Football Series. But what do you think about what's sort of happening now in that in that scenario? Because they're two seasons out from kickoff. James Troisi had this final year of the contract of the final season and now he's gone two two things in the football wise we i think adelaide adelaide will miss um the class of Troisi in the football wise it would matter of football when the ball is rolling what is important for the fans that go to watch the game this guy can change the game in one through with one through ball or over his experience. In outside of the field, with the statements, I'm I'm being in his skin. I know what he's feeling. I know that in football you go three truths. One truth is as a player, another truth is what the club <laughs> is saying and the truth that is being posted to the media. Is that truth? Well, you need to find out. You know what we'll do? We'll get to Albi Troisi now, and we'll come back to what you're alluding to because this has upset me a little bit, the way James has been treated because he's 
for me, the most decorated player Adelaide's got in their squad at the moment, or had, winning the Asian Cup, scoring the winning goal, and uh, I think he's been a little mistreated. So next up, Albie Troisi. We'll get his side of the story. The fullback bring him down, first time, maybe even second time. Still we go on. Juric has wriggled his way clear. Joining us now on the line is Albie Troisi. And Albie, uh, welcome to the Real Football Show. I believe you now represent James. Oh, uh, I have, yes. Yeah, I have for a long time. Yep. So, I mean, just obviously James is, in my opinion, was it was the most decorated player in the Adelaide United squad until he's now gone to Western Sydney Wanderers. Now, um, I expected it to happen because obviously there was an email sent out by the club on the September 24th, I'm led to believe that, he could seek other clubs because something happened. And I also believe that James didn't get the actual contract. He wasn't paid out the contract that he actually had signed um, last year. I mean, just run us through what, what's happened. What, why, why, why we're at this point. I think in, in very simple terms, in very simple terms, it all have happened or started happening with the, with the COVID where, um, you know, uh, you know, and, and that's a, this is a worldwide thing, so we can't just say it's you know just Adelaide, but uh, the COVID thing, and then they all went on uh, JobKeeper, and then after coming back from JobKeeper, um, in everyone's wisdom, it was uh, that everyone has to take job cuts, uh, pay cuts, and this yeah. and that, and everything else, and yeah. uh, obviously James didn't, and as far as I understand, no one else in the club did either, as at now. Um, but basically, they, and then here they were told they couldn't. Afford, he was basically told that they couldn't afford to keep him if he didn't take a pay cut. Yeah. Um, and that uh, hence, if he wanted to look for another club, he could. Yeah. Uh, that was told to, told to me. It was told to James. Um, and uh, and then I and I and I said to James, well, if that's the case, no other club is going to believe us. Um, yeah. So we need we need to get it in writing before we can go and talk to anybody or before anyone can talk to us because as we all know, you, when you're in contract, you can't talk to other clubs. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we did get it in writing and um, and and basically, uh, you know, like even it was said so close to the season. But as a player, you don't have a choice when a club wants to take you on or doesn't want to take you That's on. Right. You, know, you you got to put it out there and. Then, based on what everyone has and what they don't have, they make the decision as to what they need and whether they want to come and speak to you. And that's what has happened. Um, uh, and, and even to this point, uh, we have spoken, uh, We many clubs started conversations but couldn't believe that he was a free player. And even though we said we had a letter, they wouldn't believe us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and it's just that, uh, you know, the Wanderers, uh, the first thing the Wanderers said to me, well, if you have it in writing, let us have a look. Uh, we did, and I thought, well, you have it in writing. Okay, let's go. You know? So just the, the way that it's... Obviously, the, the the announcement came out earlier this week. You know, there yep. was a statement issued by the club, and and it was a, a real strongly worded statement. And it said that James had terminated his contract. That wasn't mutually con- uh, terminated. That yep. was in the statement. And I'm thinking, well, in in football, you either mutually terminate or you don't terminate. You can't have one party who wants out and the other party not yep. because he's contracted. So. Well, but I mean, I suppose where, where they're coming from, and I understand, I understand what they're trying to say, but it's it's not the whole truth. So what I'm saying is, yes, James did go up to them. Did, James did go, James did go up to the club and say, uh, I have another club who's interested, so I'd like to terminate my contract. Okay, but that is only on the basis that the Adelaide United gave him a letter saying that he could. Right. 
you know what I'm trying to say? That's, uh, I mean, or else he'd still be here today. So, also, Bruce Jitte, the football director, said he's a yep. required player. Now, yep. if he was a required player, did they ever rescind the permission to talk to other clubs? Did the club ever say to you, Albie, obviously you're representing James. No, we're taking this off the table because we want we want to keep him. No, no, no. So why are they All saying right. this? Though? The, the... Well, uh, you'd have to ask the person that's saying that because I don't know. But I ask you a question and any other question, if they had rescinded it, and had made it official that they wanted him, do you think that he'd be at the Wanderers today? No. No, he wouldn't be at the Wanderers today. I mean, let's let's not be silly about this. And we all know our contractual obligations. We know how football works. We know that a football club would not take another player from another club if he was contracted or if he didn't have the right to go. Yeah. Okay, it's as simple as that. I mean, it's not my word. It's the way football works. Okay, and in the small community of football that we have, there's there's no way in the world that one you know one CEO would, would do the dirty in that respect on another. It, it, it's obviously you know it's there, it's in writing, and there's nothing in writing to rescind it. And if there is, please let me know because I haven't got it. Abby, uh, it is Marco Flores here. Um, yes, how are you? How are you? I can feel you. I can feel uh, in the perspective of always I'm going to be the player. I'm not a journalist, so and I've been and I've been in transfers so many times and and players come and go and 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 the forms are really important you know how how we terminate things and how we communicate and how we how we send the message across um in football we are all over responsible the club is responsible how they communicate the thing i respect the fact that you are protecting uh, the the position of james which end of the day i said before uh, in football you got three truths you know uh yeah. one truth is uh, what yeah. the player Correct. feels the second yeah. is uh, what the club thinks and Correct. and the third one is what they post on the media yeah. um um now in in the football in the football matter i'm gonna miss james um i'm gonna miss james and i guess that a lot of Adelaide United fans will miss it because I went to watch uh, one game last season um, mm -hmm. and the game was dead until James got the ball dribble three players and played to Rally McGree. Um, I'm, 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 you scored a winner, was 1-0 or something like that. So saying that, we're going to miss it. Um, now, which is the type of team that he's going to find over there? Uh, is yeah. that a good fit for him? Is is, yep. that, is that you spoke to the coach? This coach yeah, yeah I, I didn't speak a lot to the coach. I, I do mainly the administration side, but I suppose James had to speak to the coach and what his thoughts were. But I mean, um, Carl Robinson is, 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 is you know, he, he's been around for a while and he, and he knows what he's doing, I suppose. And, you mm -hmm. know, we saw what he did with Newcastle and he can, he can get a young team playing pretty well and all the rest of it. But, but for me, I've always looked at James as just being a professional. I've always taught him to be a professional in what he does. And at the end of the day, you know, you can't always pick your team. You can't pick the players you're going to play with. That's, you know, you're a footballer. You know that, you know, you, you can't. Yeah, yeah. So you, as, as a footballer, your, your job is basically to go somewhere with the right mindset. You're getting, you know, you're getting paid to do a job. You're a professional. And at the end of the day, you must fulfill your obligations and whatever your coach requires you to do. Now, you know, how he puts that team together and how he, and what he does and, you know, how he fits James into that team, that'll be up to the coach. Yep. Um, and, and so be it. That's what it is. That's football. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, you, can only, you can only offer what you have as a player to, to the team and, and hopefully the coach will, will allow you to portray your skills or to portray your quality mm. uh, to assist the team. That's all you can ask for. Albie, did James get what he was owed in the end? Because obviously, because of COVID, you know, the players had to go on JobKeeper, and that yeah. was made public, and obviously, yeah. you know, they wanted them to take pay cuts, et cetera, et yeah. cetera. Yeah. Was there anything outstanding that 
Well, if, if you know, I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty and the dirty laundry of everything, but at the end of the day, JobKeeper was JobKeeper, and every got everyone got what got what was offered in JobKeeper. You know what I'm trying to say? So mm. they were all in the same, every player was in the same boat in that regards. Yeah. Um, if you read the mutual termination agreement, um, uh, if you believe that everything was paid out, they shouldn't have to put a clause in there that he no longer is going to chase them for any money. So right. I mean, you make up your own mind as to what you think that means. I, okay. You know what I'm trying to say? So he's but giving up some day, cash. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but at the end of the day, like I said to you, you know, James has to get on. We're not, yeah. we're not here to bitch about yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, we made that decision. We'll go with it. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, it, my my biggest issue with all this is is uh, is the fact in which James has been portrayed that he, you know, he's left the club that he, yeah. he left two weeks before the season. Well, you know, that wasn't his decision. If you're told you're not wanted, yeah. and you're told you can go and look for another club, yeah. right? And this all came about because the, the, you know, when it first started with COVID and everything else about the money and this and that, and the other. Well, so be it. You know, there's, there's, there's rubbish out there too about, you know, him going, he's chasing the money. Well, to be absolutely honest, he's taken a, a substantial pay cut yeah. to go where he's gone. Wow. All right? Wow. Substantial. Wow. And yeah. I mean yeah. substantial. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and not, but, but the only thing that, you know, the Wanderers have been able to give him is the security of an additional year in yeah. contract. Yeah. You know what which, I'm trying to say? So, yeah, which is great for, you know, for him to be able to play and to be able to settle his mind on where he's going. You know what I mean? But as far as, you know, people think that he's gone from, you know, for, you know, for enormous amount of monies and it's, it's all nonsense. And I just want to clear the air. That's all it is. I mean, mm. you know, I, I just want the fans to know that this is his hometown. Yeah, this, yeah, exactly. This is where he grew up. Exactly. You know, exactly. This is where he's got his family. So... And then, I mean, you've done it tough. I mean, James is now 32, but I remember, yeah. what, 17, 18 years ago, you've given up everything to actually yeah. get him a yeah. career. I mean, you, yeah. on the bo- I could say on the bones of your ass, really, in, yeah, initially. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, but, but at the end of the day, as I say, you know, he's, he's been, a, he's been a, co- a consummate professional from day one. It's something we expect, mm. and if nothing else, that's what he's going to be. Yeah. Um, and, and, but, but at the end of the day, it works both ways. You know, if you're not wanted... Yeah. Or if you're told you can go, well, then that's it. You're not going to sit there and bitch. You know, we've been in football too long now. Yeah. Yeah. We understand how football works. And, uh, you know, there's, there's so many things in football that people don't understand. But at the end of the day, you know, you want to be where you want it because you want your heart and soul and you want your mind to be 100% with your, you know, where you are. And and can I just say this as well, and, and I want to make this clear, is that as far as the coaching staff of Adelaide, you know, Carl Viet there yeah. and Ross Aloisi, yeah. that, there's, you know, they've never ever once said to James, you know, this or that, or they, they've treated him with absolute respect. No. You know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, it, it's, it's not, I don't want to, you know, I don't want anyone to think that, you know, the coaching staff, you know, made him feel that he, no, that that was never a case. Neither did his teammates. You know what I'm trying to say? That yeah, was never yeah. the case. Yeah, yeah. It was just the administration of the club basically told him he could go. So, you know, they, they sent him a letter telling him that, um, you know, if you could find, you could look for another club and, and, and he could go for free. Oh, well, he's now, got one now. That, well, you know, that's pretty That's pretty clever. That's pretty obvious to me, you know what I mean, as to what that means. Yeah, yeah. Well, Albie, uh, thanks, for, thanks for your time. Thanks for clearing it up. And uh, yeah. hopefully we'll see you around the traps in Adelaide. But uh, Oh, I'm sure you will. And, and like I said, you know, I wish, I wish, forget all the nonsense. And like I said, it's just to clear up the air with the fans mainly of what really happened. And I wish Adelaide United the best. It's my hometown. You know, it's my hometown. It's my home club. Uh, and, and apart from, you know, James is playing for another team, and I'll support that team when he's playing. But Adelaide's my team as well. And it's, it's just a shame that it has to end up this way. Good on you, Albie. I owe you a dinner. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Albie Truisi. Uh, James's dad. I owe him a dinner from when he was at Atalanta. Uh-huh. I watched James make his debut in Italy uh, when he was on the books of Juventus mm-hmm. um, back in 2012. But, yeah, that's uh, that's the other side of the story. Very interesting. He's taken, taken a pay cut. Um, obviously, he was owed money, which he signed away. And now he's moved to a new club. 
But just the interesting thing about all this, Marcos, and we'll touch on how um, – I mean, football is football and players move. It's not like 20 years ago where players start at 18 of the club and, and finish off at 32, 33 and stay at the same club. Everyone moves around. Only five players. So in this instance, now I'm, I'm on social media and so are you. I look at what happened with James and he has been – painted as an absolute um, traitor to the Adelaide United fans. And I, I think a lot has to do with the the way that the, the termination came out, the termination statement that came out, and, and off they went. Now, I'll give you an example. Last year, Adelaide United lost another legend, Isaias. Okay, came from Spain. Gombau brought him out here, won a championship. He was here for five years. Got his Australian citizenship, I think, in the middle of uh, 2019 or just before, I think April 2019. Was coming off contract. Goes to Qatar. He sent off as a hero. And I'm thinking, I'm being the devil's, adv- devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. So he becomes an Australian. So he, he's off the foreign list. Adelaide could have had another player as a foreigner, so really six foreigners, keep him here, they would have had a stronger team. He's painted as a good guy. Let's go back to you. So back in 20, when the Chinese club came for you and you were getting transferred. 2011, I played 32 games. I won the Johnny Warren MVP of the league. I went to China. Yeah. I played one year and a half in China. I couldn't come back to Adelaide and I was betrayed. I was a traitor. Because I went to Melbourne Victory, the, the, the team that opened the door for But me. hang on, just before you went to Melbourne Victory, so the way you left, Adelaide got a transfer fee for you, I think about half a million dollars back then. Yeah. Um, and you say, I'm guilty as well. Off it, he said, I need to apologize too. So I can't yeah. remember exactly what I wrote, but how did I portray you in the media? And the club obviously portrayed you another way. And this is all about perception. Yeah. We're not having a crack at Adelaide United. We're just having a... A look at how different players are portrayed when they leave the club. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, why is it better for some and not for others? And yeah. why is this perception out there? Yeah, because in football, I remember that press that press that we did in Heimash. The press conference? Two, yeah, yeah, 2010, 11. And when you asked me that day, Val, you asked me, are you happy to move to China? And I said, I need to do what I used to do when I was a little boy, when my mom used to call me and said, Marcos, you need to go to school. I didn't want her to go to school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't want her to go to school. But I actually, my mom said, just wake up and go because you need to study, Marcos. Same thing, Val. And the next morning in the newspaper said, Marco Flores, I'm happy to move. Was that a headline? Headline. I don't write the headlines, Okay, mate. okay. Do you see? <laughs> so you can't blame me. But anyway, no, I don't write the headlines. But end of the day, that was my words. I got a photo that was in that newspaper, big photo, when I was looking down the day that I become millionaire. What? I, the day that I become millionaire, because people actually put it... <laughs> A lot of thousands of dollars on the table. Everyone was talking about Marco Flores moving to China, 25 years old, after 32 games, blah, 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 blah. Marco signed a multi-millionaire contract in China, blah, 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 blah. 
that day that I was the most happy day in my in my in my in my life that I should be, I was looking down with my head like like I lost the game 5-0. That photo speaks thousands of words. But the, the, but the words were, I'm really happy to move. Well, that is the perception that generates is three truths always, people, football fans. is always three. The player <laughs> knows something, the club knows something, and if you lack, one day the truth will come out. Now, move, I moved on already. Now, I moved on, and the time will tell, will tell, if I really was this guy, the greedy one. Well, I don't think so. We can see that you're not right now. Well, but it's a and lot I of people. But eight years after, eight years after, I was in the United States and I received a message of one other like, United fans upset. Eight years after, people doesn't move on. Did you tell them you, to get over it or her no, to get over it? No, you know what? I understand them. And that is what we should do as the players. You need to understand when the fans get upset. Because at the end of the day, is their home. Is their jersey, and they don't care about names. They don't care about. They just care about the badge, the the, uh, the badge of the team. They, they care about the club. That's yeah. it. Which they is care good. about the club. Which is good. And that's it. And we need to actually, when you actually, you read in the social media, you are the best. You are my idol. You are the superhuman being in this planet. And if you liked it, that thing, you always need to actually respect when someone have a different opinion. Yeah can be truth can be you they can judge you completely wrong yes but you know what the show must go on it does. yeah and now for mm. us as a media for us as a media and because i'm not a journalist i'm a football player i feel in the i feel in the shoes of Tracy. yeah i feel what yeah. he's feeling now mm. uh, i don't know the truth uh it is what it well, is well i think we got I think Albie's cleared a lot up yes on yes, his yes yes and and, and james i trust him totally but yeah, yeah. it's like i said it's about perception mm -hmm. and I'd, what i really hate is slander and and his name is being slandered and i'm thinking when james finally hangs up his boots he becomes a coach if he wants to coach he's a good coach how's he going to come back here to coach adelaide united when when maybe he's built an unwa unwarranted reputation mm -hmm. i don't know yeah but it is yeah i mean um it is, it is football. Um, I believe that now Adelaide United have to solve this with, with some move. With well, they've got to, we'll, we'll, we'll move on now from James and obviously you, but there's talk now about Mustafa Amini. So he's become free. Mm -hmm. And um, Bruce, has, Bruce has gone public and said, you know, we're having a look. But I think that deal's already been done about a month ago. I think you're going to find that he's going to be unveiled in the, in the eastern states. So yeah, ten years. How can you not? I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm I get myself when I, in trouble here. Yeah, well, when I moved to China three days after Vidosic was in the was in the in the club. But obviously, that, that's, that's another problem. I think <laughs> with Adelaide at the moment. So, it's, it's, but it's Paul, happening Paul, all Paul the time. Paul is has gone, and who's who, who's their number one now? Do you know who their number one is? Um, no. Sorry. Well, well, they've got a player who's played in goals, Delianov. We'll ask Carl Beale about it because he's lost Riley McGree, Miljusnic, yep. Izzo, um, Opseth, now Troisi. He really has got some work to do yeah. to build this team up. Yep. 
Okay, coming up shortly, uh, we'll talk about the grand final last week as well mm-hmm. and uh, Cowantown v Comets. Marcos, the NPL grand final wound up on Friday night at Highmarsh Stadium. Um, Cameltown, smashed Comets. I mean, 3-1 scoreline, but I think that somehow flattered Comets and Comets hadn't had a competitive game for 28-odd days because of the COVID lockdown, which was, you know, went from six days to three days. How did you see it? And uh, unfortunately, Comets couldn't do the double, but they won the premiership. They had a, they've had a good year. Yes, uh, yes, Val. Um, look, uh, 24 hours before that grand final, I was in the petrol station, and people were thinking, well, where this guy is going with this? And <laughs> and I, actually, some guy knocked my shoulder, and I turned around, and was Marino. was Marino. Mark Marino. Mark Marino. And I looked at him and said, hey, Mark, how are you, man? Oh, good? Yeah, good. How you feel? Good. Are you excited for tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for the final. Great. And I said to him that day, I said, look, guys, really, I think you're extremely dangerous as a team, Campbellton. You're extremely dangerous. Um, and I think you can do the job done straight away. Now, I said that to Marino. Now I said to people, I, I actually, my opinion about these two teams is that Campbellton is a solid solid squad with a lot of Absolutely. individual talent in front. That reminds me a lot of the Adelaide United back in the day when we have Lecky, Travis, Sergio Van Dijk. Yeah. That was electri- electrical. We didn't play the best football ever, but these three guys could score the goals in any moment. So if you think about it, half injured Marino, Get the well, one goal. Came, came back from five months, five game suspension as well. Yes. It scored a goal from a dif- difficult angle. Yeah. Yeah. That killed the game at June Zero in, in the first 10, 15 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever it was. But now Comets that deserve to be in the grand final, of course. They won the premiers, of course. Why they did it? Because they really were a structure organized in the small field doing the 4 4 2. Flipping, flip, flipping the ball with Walsh, getting powerful, potential. So you're talking about they're strong at home at Mile End where their really pitch is 90 metres by 45. But you know, when, you know when the Premier's just only being strong at home, yeah? You win being by consistent. Yeah. But now they they being consistent by the style, yeah, that actually, actually uh, put a lot of teams in trouble Comet yeah. by by playing the way they do, but in the grand final, the field is big. Hundred and five by sixty eight is big, and now you got in front guys that are actually extremely dangerous, yeah, and and they can do things that there is not many players in NPO that they can do these things. I'm talking about Luis Detroit. I'm talking about Mark Marino, this Carpenter. They got they got people that are really strong and really dangerous in the last third. So, congratulations to both teams, yeah, to both teams because both teams, the, the, whatever when you make the final, you, you you do you do you got your credits on that, you know, you got. But Campbellton was too good for for comments. Let's go over to the English Premier League now. So Abby's uh, absent today, unfortunately, but. You believe this, uh, Mark? You know Billy Connolly mm-hmm. is a comedian. Yep, right, Scottish comedian. Anyway, he was interviewed in the Daily Mail a few days ago, mm-hmm. 
he still talks about the best moment, because he's a hardcore Celtic supporter, mm-hmm. is when Albert Kidd scored twice to give Dundee a win, and this is over Hearts, who were aiming for the championship in yep. 1986. Mm-hmm. And uh, effectively, Celtic won the title because they beat their opposition, I think it was 5-0. He still talks about that today. So he's still a legend. It is. Billy Connolly. And actually, I was talking to Albert yesterday. Class is permanent. I know. Yeah. And he's actually become mates with uh, Billy Connolly, believe it or not. Awesome. But let's look at the English Premier League coming up for this week. And obviously, there was some games played overnight. Um, What's going on with uh, Arsenal? They're in massive trouble. They drew 1-1 with Southampton. A good result, even though they went down to 10 men. But Manchester City and West Brom. So Chris Dittmar will be very happy with uh, Manchester City, West Brom. But uh, Liverpool, the big game over Tottenham. Mm-hmm. I think that was the number one spot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't... Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't watch that one. Um, and I'm desperate to watch the post-conference of Mourinho, desperate. And and that is what he generates, you know what I mean? Uh, I didn't watch the game and I just wanted to see, I wanted to know what Mourinho said about it. No doubt he'll say something controversial <laughs> to make the headlines. That just, I love Mourinho. But coming up soon, uh, well, tomorrow you've got Aston Villa and Burnley, um, Sheffield United, Manchester United. Then on the weekend, Crystal Palace, Liverpool. That's got to be Liverpool win. Southampton, Manchester City. There's a lot of pressure on Guardiola now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's, he's dropped a big point against West Brom, or two points, mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. Everton take on Arsenal, Newcastle, Fulham. Brighton and Sheffield United. So, Matty Ryan, he, remember he fell out of favour a few weeks ago. I think he's back in, in favour over there. Mm-hmm. Tottenham, Leicester. And uh, Man City, Leeds. Leeds had a really good win, 5-2. Mm-hmm. Overnight, West Brom take on Aston Villa. This is on Monday. And then uh, Tuesday, Burnley, Wolves and Chelsea, West Ham. And the English game's got massive, massive games. And obviously the A-League's kicking off on the 27th of December. And that's right in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I can't, I mean, I can't, I cannot understand why they've saved the season up for such a late start. <laughs> And it's the 27th of December, so it's two days after Christmas, three, four, four days before New Year's Eve, and then the season kicks off proper. The lead-up has been almost non-existent. We've talked about this before. How, as a player, kicking off two days after Christmas, would you have the right mindset? Well, um, I, I met... Um, I, I met for a coffee to Luis Arrigo. Um, he told me about that he's going to start a season on 27. And I was quite shocked and surprised because I'm a South American. And when, and when we go to, the, to Christmas, we, we don't skip the barbecue. You know, we go hard, um, no matter what. <laughs> so, but yeah, Luis and, and, and the boys and, and here, they, they look after themselves really good. And, and they're going to they're gonna be really focused. But for me, it's a strange, it's a strange um, uh, uh, day to start. But... But it's quite normal for for A leagues to be honest, because they get used to. I remember uh, I play games, you know, on twenty fifth, twenty sixth, or I play games Christmas. On, on Christmas. I played first of January, so I remember I was locked down, locked down in 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 
in in Sydney and uh, fireworks. I, yeah, fireworks were crazy. So Don't you love that. And I, I, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't <laughs> see it. I was in the room. Um, so these things, um, these things are are, 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 are unfortunately. Uh, but but is, is 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 at home? That game is at home. Is that correct? Yeah, their no, their, their first game's actually away. Away. So then they get first game at home is against Melbourne City on the third. But uh, coming up shortly, we'll speak to the coach, Carl okay. Vitt. Beautiful. A little bit of space here, Carl Vitt. The cross comes in, and it is in. And Adelaide United score the historic goal, and it's Carl Vitt who's knocked on the door, and he has the goal. Well, he's looked dangerous, hasn't he? This time, he makes Newcastle play with some sloppy defending in the centre of defence. So, Carl Viet, fresh off the training pitch. Uh, I'm not sure where you trained this morning, Carl. Whereabouts were you? Um, we're at El Hamash this morning, so it was um, good to get out on the deck. I think it's the first time this pre-season we've been on the, on the main deck. Wow, which is good. So the season kicking off, obviously, on the 28th against Western United away. Then you've got Melbourne City at home on, on January the 3rd. But we'll touch on first the big news this week. So obviously, uh, James Troisi leaving and, and going to Western Sydney Wanderers. How's that affected your plans for the season? Because obviously, was he a big part of your plans? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, when I got appointed at the end of September, we started pre-season in in. October, I, I, I sat with James and explained to him how I wanted to play, and I wanted him to play as a traditional number ten, which I believed is his best position, mm. where he's always played, and um, I wanted him to be a lot higher up and more involved in our attacking play. So, um, yeah, he was a huge part of our team, and yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a big loss, um, you know, this close to the season. So, um, yeah, it was you know disappointing, but you know I understand. James has to do what's best for him. So, and you know, he's getting a two-year deal. We, at this stage, weren't in a position to give him that. So, yeah, that's football. That's and, football. And and I suppose you, obviously, playing at the highest level, and you know, we'll go back to your days when, uh, obviously, Sheffield United snatched you from Adelaide City, and then you came back. I mean, I mean, it's it's really a merry-go-round. I mean, do you sort of? Um, have you got empathy for James in this sort of instance? I mean, he's getting absolutely smashed on social media, which I don't think is fair. But, I mean, you've got empathy. Obviously, a career is not that long as well. Yeah, look, I, yeah, I understand. I, I, when I spoke with James and when he told me what was going on, and I said, look, I'm disappointed. But, but um, you know, I'm disappointed because, you know, he's an important player for the way that I wanted to play. And, and you know, we... Um, Put a bit of time into James, and he was looking exceptionally well in pre-season. You know, I think he was um, leading a lot of our physical stats, and and looked really good in our pre-season games as well. So I was disappointed in that. I'm losing, you know, one of the better players that's going around in the A League, and, and you know, so close to the start of the season, yeah. I'd, you know, we can't find a replacement. Um, it might take a, a you know a good chunk of the season before we can for actually wow. find someone that can. Um, come in and replace James. There, there was talk. I mean, Bruce sort of alluded to maybe having a look at Mustafa Amini. I'm led to believe that that deal's already done interstate. Is there any anything happening there? Um, as far as I know, um, he's injured and can't play for four or five months. Oh wow! Um, that's what I heard. I'm not sure if that's true. Um, 
but yeah, we'd be definitely interested. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've already started looking at some overseas players, but um, we've got till January three to sign someone, and then Tommy can you know find someone, get them signed, and get them into the country. It's going to take a while. Yeah, Carl and Marcus here. How are you, mate? Um, good, Marcus. How are you? Good. Um, now. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a player like you, and we never stop being a player. Um, and we understand the the whole reason of this of this story. Now, um, in the football wise, who is a player who is gonna is gonna stand up and is gonna yeah, look. and is gonna is gonna take the role, the X factor? Yeah, look, it's as you say, you know, one door closes for someone and opens for someone else. So um, we've got some young players that will now, you know maybe step up um, so it's, you know, looking at our squad we were a little bit light on in the midfield and we're looking to try and bolster that area as well so um, you know we've got some younger younger boys that will come in you know uh, and play in that, those positions so um, look it's it's not all that bad um, yes it's going to take a while to find a, a a long-term replacement for James, but um, in the short term, you know, we'll give some opportunities for some of the younger players in the squad. And 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 in these young players that you have, do you have any any true playmaker like 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 him? Because I know Lewis is more the eight, is more the six. Yeah, and... yeah. Look, uh, we'll end up pushing Stefan a bit higher up. Ah, okay. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, that's where he played when Adelaide played, won the championship. Okay. He played that higher role, attacking role, and you know, Stefan's not same type of ball player as um, James, yep. but he will give us a lot more pressure and a lot more, I suppose, um, uh, run around the pitch. So he'll, you know, it's make a lot more forward runs and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, um, he won't have that same ball playing style as James, but mm -hmm. he'll give us a lot more in other areas. Yep. Carl, just with uh, Javi Lopez or Javi and, and Tommy Urich, they join the group, are they far away if not? Um, yeah, Tommy lands tomorrow. Yeah, oh, he lands um, tomorrow. Adelaide. Does he have to quarantine now? Adelaide. Yep, yep. So he's out of his quarantine, so he, he comes into Adelaide tomorrow afternoon. Cool. So he'll join training Saturday. Yep. Tommy will join training on Saturday, and Harvey arrives in on, I think, Saturday or Sunday. So he'll join the training group um, early next week, Monday. Oh, so he, he's already quarantined, has he? Yes, yeah. They've all they've gone through their quarantine. So, um, as I say, so, um, I think yeah, Tommy... Will join training on Saturday, and I think Harvey joins uh, Monday training. Well, that's a bonus, uh, especially with Harvey. He's got so much experience uh, playing yeah, in the league. Yeah. So, what are you expecting um, from him? Yeah, as you say, the experience, and um, it's got to, you know, even though he's had, you know, he's had 14, 15 years of playing at high level, it, we're still not sure. You know, having two, spending two weeks in a hotel, we're not sure how both boys are going to be <laughs> physically when they come out. So, we'll yeah. just have to. And yeah. wait and see next week in training um, yeah. how they adapt to to the training and whether they will both be involved in round one. We're not sure until we actually see them on the training track. Just Carl, obviously, you know, from last season, we, you know, the interim for for the final five games, you've lost a lot of players, and I just want to ask you how if you think you've replaced them. So obviously, we will start off with Paul Izzo, um, Lachlan Brook, yeah. Nicola. Uh, Riley McGree, James Truisi, uh, Christian Opseth, um, Yongbing Chen, which I don't think is a big loss. But, I mean, so are you pretty confident that you've filled 
those positions that you've lost? Um, yeah, look, I'm happy with where the, where, where the squad was um, one week ago. Mm. Um, now, we're, as you said, now we're we're sort of fighting to try and find someone else. Um, but I'm still I'm still confident with the squad. You know, we've got a good core group of players. You know, our back four hasn't changed. Yes, our goalkeeper we've changed our goalkeeper, but we've got a young goalkeeper that is promising and and looks quite good at training. Um, and then, you know, we've got a few changes in the midfield and up front. Um, and that gives opportunities for young players to, to come in and play. You know, we we saw a little bit of um, Muhammad last year, Pass last year. Yeah. And we've we've brought young Yaya um, back to the club. Um, he's very promising as well. So, um, yeah, there's plenty of upside with the squad. Um, you know, the excitement and the, and the X factor that you get from the young players. Um, you know, we've got young players that are... A, a very confident, you know, we didn't see a lot of Cassini last year and yeah. he's had a tremendous pre-season so far. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of positives here. You know, the younger players that we've got here in the group, they've all got X factor, so which is important. So you're talking about Delianov when you say the goalkeeper? The... Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, young James and Delianov, he, he'll be starting okay. as our number one. So, uh, um, you know, he's, you know, even though he's young, he's had a lot of experience um, with the junior national team. Yeah. So, um, you know, he... He just needs a game time, and that, and that's the big thing that we're going into this season. Round one, we've had two games against A League sides, and we've had three against NPL sides. So we're going into yeah. five games, and that's where we're going to be underdone. You know, last season we had thirteen preseason games wow. for round one. So, so how many how many five. will you get in before round one now? Five. None, none. We we've got no one to play. Oh, that's, that's, that's a bit of a trap. So, so, how do you keep them ticking over, and, and you know, obviously the tactics, the formations, and yeah, yeah, we're, we're working a lot on a, a, a tactical play. You know, um, those two games we had last week in Sydney were very, very important for us, and it showed uh, a few areas that, that we needed to improve on. So, that's what we're working on at the moment, um, and just getting ourselves, making sure we're really fresh and and ready to go for that round one um, away to Western United. Just finally, uh, what's it like working with Ross Aloisi again? Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Um, you know, I've, Ross is, um, has always been a very close friend of mine. Uh, yeah. And he was had such drive, um, you know, in Adelaide United when it first started. And being the captain of the club, um, his passion um, for the club and, and his passion to win. But, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is the relationships that... Um, Ross develops, especially with the playing group, uh, so strong and so good that um, you know he's a, a great assistant for me. Yeah, Car, the, the one one little thing that I um, that I wanted to 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 ask you in a favor, if you can actually give us an advice for the coaches that we are in the youth development and you've been through for five years uh, mm. or more, um, in the in the young ages to create these players with the X factor, where is the advice that you give to us and to the coaches that are listening? Well, um, it's important that you don't um, coach stuff out of them. Okay. Let them, yeah. Let them be. They have to be happy and let them explore things with the ball. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. Um, that they have the ball and encourage them to keep the ball as much as they can. Okay. Um, so to... when they when they're playing games, don't shout at them to pass the ball. Don't shout them. Tell them what to do and try and guide them um, 
to you know keep the ball. And, and what do we do in the case that the kid uh, goes uh, take the ball and dribbles seven uh, seven players and mm-hmm. lost it, and then he goes again and do the same thing over and over and over, and the other six kids are watching. Yeah. What we well, do with that in that in that scenario? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. He, 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 to ask him. You know, maybe you should have passed it after you beat the sixth one. Because yeah. he's obviously getting tired by the time he gets to the seventh one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true because you know a lot of uh, coaches need our guidance because yeah. uh, um, because you know what I mean. Um, Yeah, is, look, they took it so literally that sometimes you yeah. see you see uh, you see clubs and, and and teams that are six kids watching how one kid dribble. But the thing is that the kid is that is dribbling. It's not scoring every single goal. He's just dribbling and doing turnover and turnover and turnover. And then ten parents around are yelling to this kid, and the coach is in silence. But the ten parents around are yelling, "Pass yeah. the ball, little kid." So um, it's quite it's quite interesting that little topic because we want to talk a little bit about youth development uh, after yeah. this, uh, and I wanted to have your advice because you're an important role model for all of us here in South Australia. Well, that's the thing. It's about um, you, you. You don't want to stop the kid from dribbling the ball, 100%. but then you want to um, maybe guide him and say, uh, "Was there a, a better option yep. for him?" Yeah, 100%. And then, and then let him see if he can work it himself. Yep. And then if he can't work it himself, then you try and provide um, some tools for him that he can use to say, okay, yes, we want you to dribble the ball and we want you to beat your man, but if there's too many there that you can't dribble, then Perfect. sometimes is there a better option for you to, to do. Can Thank I you. just add to that? In my opinion, there's not enough street football where kids just yeah. have a kick and you learn yeah. to dribble, you learn to pass and you learn to jump tackles on the street when you're playing with your friends. Yeah. And I think, yeah. personally, I think there's too much structure now for the kids and that's maybe been um, our downfall. Yeah, look, I, I think I think the coach education that we've gone down has been excellent, but it's been too literal. Uh, yeah. They've got to work out what's, what's good for them and, and use different tools like I, uh, I said too many coaches that want to win yeah um, and you want the kids to win and you got to make the, everything that you do with the kids make that competitive so that so yeah. they're getting used to winning and losing against themselves but as a coach you can't be wanting to win and try and manipulate the game for you to win again when you're coaching kids yeah, you have right. to let them want to have that that winning mentality and I think we're losing that thank you very so, much the winning mentality Thank you very Good much. On you, Carl. Thanks yeah, for your time. No, Have a great no. Christmas, and okay. uh, let's hope you start off the season on, in the right note with three points against Western United. Thanks a lot, boys. Carl Viet, what a great guy. Yeah, amazing. And, and, and I'm really, really happy for, for, for that last three minutes, you know? We, we talk about the game, we talk about Adelaide United, but you know what? There's a lot of families around that they got the kids that is dreaming to become a player And for me, for me, that is really important. In, in, in short notice and to finish, uh, Val, I wanted to congratulate my, my, two, my two teams of, uh, of Academy. Um, Adelaide, Adelaide Atletico? No, that is a club. Adelaide Atletico is a club. The, right. P, the PTA football is my Academy. I wanted to congratulate for participating. That's it. If we But win, didn't you win it? No, I don't know. 
You did because win it. Not, you, you've won it. No, but it's not important. It's oh, not, no, important, it's not important, important, but you did win it. Who, but don't be embarrassed about winning. No, I'm not embarrassed. I'm proud of my boys participating. I'm proud of my pa- the parents of my environment who so don't criticize any referee. And yesterday in front of everyone, I said, in under-13s, under-11s, the thing is about this tournament is to go there and play with your heart. And my players did it. That's why I'm congratulating them. I'm really happy. Thanks, Marcos. Thanks, Jared. You've been an absolute legend driving the show for us again. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota. SA's number one Toyota dealer.